welcome to National Lewis University's Discover You. I am Keith Baltimore. Can you guess what American holiday is consistently considered to be Americans' favorite holiday? Yep, you've guessed it, it's Christmas. Everyone seems to love celebrating Christmas. The Christmas trees, Santa Claus, hanging the stocking and opening Christmas presents. But you might be surprised to know that even in America, the customs and traditions of Christmas are not always celebrated by everyone. In fact, you might say that there is a growing trend of celebrating unusual and fascinating holiday traditions during this time of the year. On this episode of Discover You, our editor and co-host Ahmed and I are breaking down for you some of the most unusual Christmas celebrations here in the U.S. and around the world. You might be surprised to know who celebrates Christmas with a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken or who likes to hide a pickle in their Christmas tree ornament. Unusual and fascinating holiday traditions are up next. What's so very interesting about Christmas is the many different ways that people celebrate it around the world or even here in the United States. So let's dig into it. So I think you have one of our our very first um, holiday or custom that is celebrated here in the United States that a lot of people may not be aware about. And what is that? I'll let you go for it, man. It's the upside down Christmas tree, which even I'm looking at some pictures of it and it looks really odd because it's literally a Christmas tree, but upside down. I'm thinking about the logistics of like, okay, is it a real tree? Because, you know, a lot of people Mm. like to have a real tree or is it an artificial tree? And how are you hanging it from the ceiling? It's funny because when... I read about this whole phenomenon of upside down Christmas trees. I didn't realize it's something that people have been doing for a very long time. In fact, the upside down Christmas tree is related to the Holy Trinity. It's supposed to represent the way in which there is, uh, you know, in, in Christianity, there is the acknowledgement of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the tree, the upside-down tree, is supposed to kind of represent that hierarchy, if you will. And I did not, I didn't realize that. I guess I get it, but it's, I think it's a lot of effort. It's, it's like, imagine if you have a car, and then instead of driving on the wheels, you drive it on its roof. That's how (laughs) odd it sounds. It's really odd, but it's also really fascinating. I do too. I think it's very fascinating. And if you're listening, Google upside down Christmas trees and you'll see some really fascinating images. They're just as as beautiful, just as well beautifully decorated as a a tree that is right side up. But the idea that that people would go through the effort of hanging this tree upside down, I find really, really fascinating. All right. So what is up next well we have the black christmas tree hmm. what? okay wh- what do we mean by this what's what's the black christmas tree so 
Uh, the first thing that you need to know is that it has nothing to do with being an African-American or black people. It has nothing to do with it. But rather, it's usually referred to as goth trees. I get it. I get that. And again, we're looking at images of these and they're really cool. I mean, it's a very striking visual of a very, very black Christmas tree. And I guess what we would consider unusual about this is that Christmas trees are typically green <laughs> as an actual tree. But and also really colorful with the- and very colorful, yes. Yeah. These Christmas trees are all black, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's just absolutely fascinating. And it says there's no special or dark meaning behind the black Christmas tree. But it's a growing trend uh, since more people prefer to shake their holidays up by foregoing the green pine trees for a darker Christmas tree. So it's, I guess it's a cool trend that people are doing um, just to kind of make Christmas more interesting. I think that's very cool. But the it's interesting because a black Christmas tree has all black ornaments and decorations on it too, the ones that we're looking at. But I suppose- oh. You could, you could I couldn't even notice it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's the point then of decorating that tree if it's not going to be visible? I, that's a very interesting, uh, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> right. Like, why go through all that effort if you don't really, aren't, aren't able to see it? He's like, uh, I think that's, that's just so fascinating. All right. Okay, what's up next? So we have hiding a... A pickle ornament. Hmm. All that's right. that's more funny than <laughs> interesting. <laughs> this is completely <laughs> blowing me away. So you so you hide a pickle ornament. Okay, so it says the rules are for the Christmas pickle ornament. So sometime before December twenty-fifth. A glass pickle ornament is hidden within the branches of a Christmas tree. Then the first child to find the pickle on Christmas morning gets a special treat. Or they get to open the first gift. Wow. Fascinating. I, I had no idea. That's that's really fun. That sounds like such a fun idea. It does. Now, you know, growing up, we were able to open up one Christmas present sometimes before Christmas Day, so like maybe Christmas Eve because we were kids and we're so excited. But this is kind of like the same theme of that. You find a pickle ornament and you get to open up a Christmas present the day before Christmas. So, so that's kind of cool. But, but why the, a pickle, though? Well, exactly. I'm like, why a pickle? What's up with that? Uh, so it says the common tale told of the Christmas pickle, or uh, it's obviously this is German and I am not going to be able to pronounce it right. So if you are German, forgive, forgive me. The Weihnachtsgurke. I completely butchered that. that. That's good enough. Okay, yeah. It, I, I'm going to say it's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an old world tradition, and it obviously it started in Germany. So, hey, you Germans know how to mix things up. I think that's fascinating. I think it's a fun idea, actually. You know, pickle, Christmas doesn't seem to match, but it's kind of fun. At least it matches more than our next unusual tradition, which is KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken on Christmas. 
Oh my God. Out of, I think out of all the ones that we, 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 we researched, this is probably one of my favorites. Kentucky yes. Fried Chicken on Christmas. I don't, I thought this was so interesting. I When I heard this and I read this, I was like, no, this can't be true. But apparently in Japan, for many years now, Kentucky Fried Chicken is the preferred uh, meal or food for folks to eat on Christmas. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? It's amazing, but it's also, it doesn't make any sense because KFC doesn't, it does, has nothing to do with Christmas or doesn't even give like a Christmas atmosphere or feeling while you eat it. I, I agree. I'm like, like uh, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's KFC, which is like an American company. So why would this be like a popular thing in all places, Japan? So the so a little bit more background on this is that, so every Christmas season, apparently an estimated 3.6 million Japanese families treat themselves to fried chicken from KFC in what has become a nationwide tradition. A bucket of KFC chicken has been the go-to dinner for Japanese since the 1970s. So apparently in 1974, KFC had an amazing sales team and they overheard foreign customers complain about not being able to get turkey on Christmas. And so instead, KFC's sales and marketing, they came up with this whole thing of fried chicken for Christmas. And it went over really, really well in Japan. So they have this whole slogan tied to it. Again, I don't speak Japanese, so no offense to anyone who is Japanese. But it says, the phrase is translated into English, is Kentucky for Christmas. Uh, I'm not going to even try this. Should I try this? I'm going to try to pronounce it. Yeah, I guess. Go for it. Okay. Korosumasu niwa Kentucky. So I got the Kentucky right, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Don't worry, I'll, I'll edit, edit it down and make it, look, it sound really good. Okay, thank you. Oh, that always makes me sound so good. <laughs> now, what's fascinating about this is that apparently Christmas isn't even a national holiday in Japan. So they don't take off work like we do here in the United States. It's not like every, because usually here in the United States, you know, the stores are all closed. Everyone just kind of stays with family and friends. But in Japan, it's just a regular work day, but they love to, Eat some Kentucky Fried Chicken. All right. Mm -hmm. So up next, and another unusual holiday tradition. This is, I've heard bits and pieces of this over the years, and I know for some, this is a very big deal, but it's, this is relatively new to me. I didn't grow up with Elf on a Shelf. Have you ever heard of Elf on a Shelf, Ahmed? No. Okay. So this is new for both of us, man. So... Break this down for us, Elf on a Shelf. <laughs> okay. Well, for this tradition, Elf on a Shelf, it's called or referred to be as like a simple game of hide and seek where the elf will watch us or watch the people during the day and report to Santa at night. And in the morning, before the kids wake up, the elf flies back to the North Pole 
and lands on, lands on a different spot in the house. I do not completely understand what this means. Does doesn't mean that they just snitch on the kids. That's what Is I'm it... thinking. It's kind of like he's snitching, and we're looking at an image. Of course, the there's a little elf figurine, and I guess you sent sit the elf up on your your fireplace mantle or someplace in your house among all of your Christmas decorations. And the image we're looking at, the elf is like riding on a pad. <laughs> you know, he's like writing all of the things that people are doing in the house. So the elf is basically a tattletale. He's just reporting on everything that everyone's doing. And then he goes back and he tells Santa. <laughs> that's that, that's such a it's fun. Awful. And it, no, it's, it's fun. It's, I think it's a fun tradition. It's I awful mean, in terms of like you, you're gonna force your kids to act nice exactly. and uh, behave well, exactly. but it's it's still like uh, it's fun. I think it's fun. I I think it's also very fun, but I, I think it's kind of like a hide and seek thing where you also try to find the elf. So maybe I think what I've heard is parents will take the elf and they will move it around different places in the house for the children to find, as if the elf is actually alive and moving around watching you. You know, I think that's and then it says the kids cannot touch the elf and the elf does not move nor speak when the kids are awake. So <laughs> you might see the elf and it will be very still and it won't talk to you and you're not supposed to touch it. I think it's playing up in the whole idea of helping children to believe that it's real. It's like, well, if the elf is going back to Santa, how come it doesn't move when I talk to it? And they're like, oh, it's not supposed to move. It's not supposed to talk to you. So I think. So the next one is in uh, Catalonia, which is basically in, in Spain. And it is cagatio or uh, defecating lock, which immediately doesn't it sound like Christmas. Because I almost was like, wait a minute. I know <laughs> I know what a def I know what defecate to defecate means, but a defecating <laughs> log, none of this sounds good so far. Okay. None of this sounds it doesn't sound pleasant. It doesn't sound festive or celebratory, but okay, let's let's move forward. Okay, so there's a defecating log. Mm-hmm. Well, and the locals in Catalonia create a character out of a log they draw a face on it and give it a hat and then they spend a fortnight feeding feeding fruit nuts and sweets and then on christmas eve the entire family beats the log with sticks and sings a traditional song that translates to if you don't crap well i'll beat you with a stick <laughs> wait a minute. And... So <laughs> wait a minute. So if you want to beat you with if you don't crap. Oh my so this is like glorifying defecation. Going to the bathroom. <laughs> Going to the bathroom from a log. And they do that until the the log exerts all its treats. I would say so far. I've had some of these unusual traditions, which are my favorite. This right now, I think, is the most unusual to me. I'm like, I'm trying to 
I'm trying to get it. Why a log? Why in Spain? And why is it defecating sweets? Why do you want it to? I, I, I look. We've done some research on this <laughs> stuff, but I really, I would be great if someone else could like enlighten us with some more to this story because this is just fascinating to me. It says that the log excretes all of its treats. Um, and it, we, we got to admit that it's hard to comprehend why this tradition hasn't caught on elsewhere. I think I get why it hasn't caught on elsewhere. The idea of defecating is not something that people consider to be festive, but I guess it also says that they decorate their nativity scenes with small, uh, I can't, I can't. <laughs> uh, okay, but since you're listening, uh, they, they they decorate the nativity scenes with small pooping ceramic figurines. So, wow. Isn't it also similar to a, another tradition where in like birthdays, there is, uh, I, I forgot what it's called, but you also hit it with a, with a sick and candy falls out of it. So it's the piñata. Are... Yes, yes the yeah, piñata. Yeah. Which is exactly when we started this, I was thinking, okay, I get that, but you don't think a pinata, which those of you who, who aren't familiar with a pinata, it's part of a Mexican tradition done around holidays or a posada, which we just had a posada here at, at NOU. And it's it stuffed, it's a beautifully decorated structure, sometimes made out of construction paper yeah. or an animal, a mini goat or something like, and it has lots and lots of candy in it. And then people use a stick the, or the maybe the the person whose birthday it is will beat they'll blindfold them and they'll beat the figurine until the candy pours out and then all the children they grab all the candy so yeah yes. in my head that's what I'm thinking okay I get that and I was thinking that's what this was going to be but the whole idea of the defecating decorative poop no 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 but it, I guess maybe it's the same thing if you have a a a kind of figure of a a little mini donkey or horse and you beat it until it spills out candy i guess you can say that's kind of defecating but that's not the word we use so in my head i don't <laughs> the same imagery it's something more pleasant i guess so well the world is so fascinating so what's up next so we have jewel bucking and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but Jurubakin is a American Christmas tradition, but of Scandinavian origins. And basically, between Christmas and New Year's Day, people wear uh, masks and customs and go out door to door. And then the their neighbors or the people who, who when they knock the door at they try to identify them under their masks or just their disguise. Hmm. It's like a, a Halloween yeah. sort of theme. That's exactly Christmas. what I was thinking. It's kind of like a, holo a Christmas Halloween type vibe. Yeah. And I'm looking at the images of some of the people who are dressing up. 
I think it's kind of fascinating here. Dress up, and then you're supposed to guess who your neighbor is behind the, the costume. You know what? I think what really fascinated me about this is that this is an American tradition. So folks in America are doing this, but I have to admit to you, I have never met or known anyone who is who is celebrated or have done the jewel bucking or jewel booking. And if again, if Ahmed and I are pronouncing this incorrectly, please forgive us. But we find all this, this is some really fascinating stuff. And I hope you Google this or YouTube it because there's some great images of people celebrating this. It looks very interesting. And also, have you noticed that, at least from the picture we are seeing, it's all adults. Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> because my idea of Halloween and Christmas is that there are basically sort of fun events or holidays for kids to enjoy. Yes, I I was noticing the exact same thing. So apparently after you go door to door singing Christmas songs, after you sing your Christmas song, you're rewarded with candy and other traditions uh, or you know other things that require uh, another person to visit from household to join a band, join the band of Zuckerberg. Oh, so you go and I guess someone's supposed to come with you to go to the next person's household too. This all sounds really fun, but it, and again, it sounds a lot like a Halloween tradition. Yeah. So I, I get it. This, this, this could be fun. And it's a, it's a kind of a community thing too, which I think is cool. All right. Now, now this one I am a little familiar with, and I'm actually very fascinated with it. Uh, this next one, this next unusual holiday tradition, Krampus. Uh, so Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure in the central and eastern um, Alpine folklore of Europe. So if you can imagine Krampus as, in my mind, I immediately thought of the Grinch. Are you familiar with the Grinch? Amen. Yes, yes, I am. That's what I see in my head. And the images that we're seeing, that's, that's kind of what you're getting. And the more I learned about Krampus, the more I was like, yes, this is definitely the Grinch. So during Advent season, scares of children who have misbehaved um, get a visit from Krampus because Krampus is the assistant to St. Nicholas, who is also known as Santa Claus. Uh, so the pair visit children on the night of December 5th with St. Nicholas rewarding the well-behaved children with modest gifts such as oranges, dried fruit, and walnuts and chocolate, while the badly behaved ones only receive punishment from Krampus, Krampus with birch rods. So I'm, I'm beginning to see something here. There is a lot of motivation behind getting children or people to act a certain way. And I got to tell you, Krampus looks, this is, this is scary. The images that I'm seeing of Krampus, this would this would freak me out if I saw this in person. I mean, while researching, I was like, this looks more like a Halloween figure than a. Yeah, it Christmas. looks like a horror. He looks like a horror image, and you know the story further goes that Saint Nicholas and Krampus are actually brothers, 
And so that's part of the, the temp tension, like the opposites of each other. And again, if you look at images of Krampus, you're basically looking at the Grinch. So I think this is, this is all fascinating stuff. But yeah, it says Krampus was created as a counterpart to the kindly Saint Nicholas who rewarded children with sweets. So Krampus in contrast would be wicked and stuff them, stuff the children in a sack and take them away to his lair. Wow. Okay, so yeah, you gotta be good around Christmas time. That's that's the message we're getting. Good behavior is rewarded, bad behavior punished. I'll be honest, some of these traditions, they're just, from my point of view, they're just excuses for parents to not teach their children how to behave well. In the sense, <laughs> they use they use Krampus and Elf on a Shell to just scare their children off and make, force them to behave well. I have to agree with you, Ahmed. It's like, what is going on with parents that you can't get your children <laughs> to be behave right? So you have to create some make-believe <laughs> a fantastic character to to persuade your children to act right. I was like, what's going on here? It's I mean, I guess it's a another way to create memories for your children, but <laughs> still. Yeah, I, I that's true. I guess that's that's true. All right. Up next and last but not least, we have what, Ahmed? We have flying witches in Norway. So, yeah. and according to the Norwegian folklore, Christmas Eve is the day when mischievous spirits and witches take on disguise for mischief and general uh, tomfoolery. I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. You are. You and... said it exactly right. I can't believe we don't use that word very often, but tomfoolery, <laughs> yes. Just basically... Up Mischief. to no good, joking around, getting into trouble, that kind of thing. Mm, th this is already starting to sound like a tradition we just discussed. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, th as the as the witches often use brooms as their preferred mode of transportation, it's a tradition for Norwegian families to hide away any sweeping sticks, where the witches won't be able to find them. <laughs> So this is, this is fascinating stuff. And uh, like I said, this sounds a lot like the Grinch or Krampus. Yes, it really does. And so now you're hiding all the brooms in your house to prevent the witches from coming and taking them and going out and having fun. I I, I mean, just the idea of it, I think is it's it's actually very cool and a lot of fun too. All right to our Norwegian friends and their their disappearing brooms. I'm I'm loving this tradition. Uh and I think it's just kind of it's very it's just fun. Anyone that knows me knows that I there's something I say very often. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm the one who who thought of this, which is there is more than one way to do the right thing. And I'm looking, we say all of these traditions are unusual, but the truth is for those who are doing them, it's very normal. So I think, so if you want an upside down black Christmas tree filled with elves on the shelf, then I say, go for it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's it, folks. That brings us to the end of this episode, as well as the end of the fall term. You know, the new year is approaching very quickly, Ahmed. Indeed, it is. And time really flies by really, really fast as you get older. And I know that's what everyone else says, but it generally feels like 2022 just started, as well as the fall term. And both are already over. Yeah, the, the fall term really feels like it just started and it's already over. It's now the winter term. And in just a few weeks, January 16th, the new winter term at NLU will begin. But you know, the beginning of the winter term makes me think of the start of the fall term when you, Ahmed, join Discover You. And now it's the end and you're also going to be leaving us. Time flies. Yeah, but all good things have to come to an end, unfortunately. And for now, my time at Discover You is over. Well, that may be true, but I just want to tell you, you've been an amazing editor and co-host, and I'm so glad we've been able to take this journey together. Well, thank you so much. You're, you're so welcome, Ahmed. And thank you all for joining us here at Discover You. We'll see you in January. Thank you.